welcome to She Dares to Dream podcast. I'm your host, Michaela Oleksova, multi-passionate creative entrepreneur, marketing strategist and educator. And my intention is to empower you to create anything your soul desires. Whether you want to find your life's purpose, leave your nine to five job or turn your unique talent into a thriving business, this is the place to dream big. Through a series of intimate conversations, I'll be sharing inspiring stories of incredible humans who had the courage to follow their dreams, building their meaningful lives and successful businesses. I believe that their personal stories can not only touch your heart and soul, they can move and motivate you to take an inspired action and unleash your own potential. So get ready to live your dreams, no matter how big or small. Today, I have a pleasure talking to Elana Jadala, a photographer, educator, strategist and environmental advocate based on the big island of Hawaii and the coast of Maine. Elana is the founder of elanalu.com, a site dedicated to sharing regenerative and sustainable concepts for life and business. She and her partner, Erin Haynes, work with conscious companies providing brand photography, social media consulting, mindful travel guides and other digital resources. Ilana has shaped her platform around creating positive changes for the planet while encouraging others to create a life they're proud of and inspired by each day. She also has a large Instagram following where she shares her tips on slow living, sustainability, environment, health and wellness. And I can't be more excited to have Elana on the show today and discuss with her how we can start making positive waves in our lives as well as our businesses. So hello and welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. This is going to be so fun. I'm so happy you could join me here. And um, from what I just said, it seems that you are doing so much inside your business because you have so many passions and talents. And you seem to be wearing very many hats. So if you could describe your brand and your business in only three words, what would they be? Mm. And first of all, thank you so much for that kind intro. Um, so, so much in there. And um, as far as three words, I would say organic, um, inclusive, and aware. Mm, that That's really lovely and so powerful as well. And um, Today, we know you as a face of your brand, Elana Lu, but how and when did this journey started for you? Was it a smooth and clear path or was it a bumpy road with lots of detours <laughs> along the way? Um, I would say the latter. It is very, it's been very bumpy and um, has had lots of twists and turns along the way, but it's been a beautiful one. And I would say it probably started, I mean... Eight years ago now, uh, maybe the seed was planted before then, but um, it started out, you know, I have done photography for so many years and that's kind of initially where my creativity blossomed. And um, when I was in college, I wanted to find a career that kind of used my analytical brain and also the creative side of my brain. And um, so I ended up 
in social media marketing as um, a career really in its infancy when everyone was trying to figure out this new platform, I mean, all these new platforms and finding out how it would serve a business. And um, there was just a lot that was happening in the industry. And um, so that's kind of where it started out. And from there, I mean, it's taken so many twists and turns. Um, Initially, I was definitely a behind the scenes person. Um, I was focusing a lot on strategy and building um, online communities for brands and advising clients on doing so. Um, And I'd say probably... I don't know, maybe five years ago or so, it shifted more into a personal brand where I took to my blog to share our travels and share more of the creative side of my brain, I think, because a lot of what I was doing day to day was so analytical and so, you know, right brain. I wanted to flex those muscles and really just lean into a more like you said, slow or fun or beautiful way of living. And so I started sharing uh, travels and my wellness journey and just our life. Um, And then, yeah, it's kind of blossomed from there and taken even more turns. Yeah. I I mean, when when I came across your brand, like um, sometimes earlier last year, um, your brand is definitely very soft and feminine. And I think that's why you've got so many followers on Instagram and lots of uh, women and, um, you know, young girls can relate to you and what you're doing. Yeah, I think the community that I've cultivated over the years has been a really inspiring one. I was just telling that to Erin two days ago. I don't like go on long rants often, um, but I shared something that was really important to me that had been on my heart for a couple of days or weeks, I guess. And the feedback is just amazing. You know, people come from all nooks and crannies of the world and are willing to show up and share their stories with me and ask questions and dive deeper into, you know, their purpose. And it's just been such a beautiful community to build over the years. And I just feel like it's such an honor. I don't feel like they're following me. I just feel like we're all kind of connected out in the interwebs, if you will. And um, it's been such a pleasure. Yeah. So when you were talking previously about uh, doing photography and social media marketing, uh, was it working for someone else in, you know, a business, corporate, or have you always been like a a freelancer or entrepreneur? Yeah. So technically, it's always been freelance, I guess. Um, I established my business as a business a very long time ago and would just do... um, freelance work for different companies. But in the beginning, it was definitely like I had a large client that took up, you know, 80% of my time, if you will. Um, And it started out with an editorial platform online, kind of what we would call a blog now, but think um, like Goop or Glitter Guide or these like really large publications that have multiple contributors and we hosted events and we did product reviews and we did a lot of stuff like that. And, um, it was definitely product centric. Um, and that burnt me out really quickly. I just realized, um, how material the world is and how, even if you buy and buy and buy and buy, that's not where your happiness is centered. Um, and it just felt so icky to me by the end of it. So I ended up, um, pivoting in a really large way and decided that, you know, if I was going to help people 
grow online and, and really build something of meaning, this was not where I wanted to do it. And so I really gravitated towards small business owners because they are just the heart and soul of, I mean, I, I say it from my perspective, so the heart and soul of America, but I also know that's so true in any country that you are. Um, and they're so passionate and incredible and willing to adapt and willing to change and just really want to better their lives. And so that's kind of when I found who I wanted to mentor and who I wanted to help with their careers and, um, you know, to consult or advise or mentor um, on social media and in marketing in general. So that's kind of how I found um, my people, if you will, is just that entrepreneurial spirit is so inspiring to me. And and you can definitely feel it. it comes through and it's very clear in, um, you know, all your posts and all the work um, that um, I, I see obviously online, but um, yeah, it's definitely kind of watching your story. It seems to me you're in your element doing what you're doing mm-hmm. and you can feel that passion. You can feel your drive and you're really strong on beliefs and values as well. So do you think you found your life's purpose? Oh, that's a deep one. Um, I definitely feel more in alignment than I ever have, like both personally and professionally. And I think I think our life's purpose is going to constantly evolve. And so have I found my life's purpose, purpose for this season of my life? Yes. Um, will it change, you know, the next season of my life if I, you know, enter motherhood or if I move somewhere different or, you know, if the world, you know, the world is constantly changing. So, um, I think the underlying, underlying purpose for myself. And I think for many people or everyone in this world is to have a purpose that's much larger than you. Um, when I started out as an entrepreneur, I think, so much of what I was going for was freedom in life, right? I wanted financial freedom. I wanted um, the freedom from the nine to five. I really wanted to make good money. Like I was just so focused on that. And I think a lot of that comes from wanting to prove prove that my business would work and prove that I was good enough, you know, in that sense and prove that I didn't need to work for somebody else to sustain this life. And there was just so much, um, I guess, young grit in that, if you will. Um, and maybe it's just like growing older and getting more mature, or maybe, um, things have come more into focus of what's important, but now I really, I measure success in a lot of different ways and it's not all monetary and it's not all climbing ladders and, you know, getting to the top the fastest and things are just so different now. And, um, my purpose is so much bigger than me and my bank account. And it's just, um, more so the impact that I have or that I can help other people have. Hmm. That that is so beautiful. And I totally agree, uh, that, um, our lives and our businesses and our mission do does change uh, throughout the throughout the life. So Absolutely. the purpose obviously growth as we evolve and learn and and I, I love how you said that um in this season. Yeah. <laughs> you in your sweet spot for sure. <laughs> yeah, it'll change, I'm sure, but um I'm excited to see what it kind of unfolds to be. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So 
because o- over the years um i and and even like now when i talk to my clients i see so many women especially um being stuck and they don't really know where they are headed uh because sure. they don't have that uh big vision and they don't understand that it's okay to start where they are now and yeah. it is okay that it is going to change you know so better start now and not having it all figured out and perfect and then learn obviously through every step every action every mistake every lesson so yeah so do you believe that in our lives we find our purpose and the purpose finds us or is it an ongoing process of learning like i just said evolving following our northern star Oh, I think, I think you said it perfectly. I think it is following that North star and just like leaning into your intuition of knowing what the breadcrumbs are, like what path to follow. And I think if you would have told me what my life looks like now, if you would have told me that 10 years ago or five years ago, I probably wouldn't have believed you. And I'm sure that's the same thing, like good and bad, right? Like I'll, the way my life will be five or 10 years from now, like we can't predict the future. And I think we put a lot of pressure on ourselves. I know I did this out of college. I know I still do this now of, I, I want, I want, you know, this life. And even if that life is not what it ends up being, but like, that's what you think. And you're like, okay, how am I going to get that? And it's just this, so much pressure to know, like, we don't know. We, we're not going to know our life's purpose. It's so much pressure to put on ourselves but what we do know is there's like little inklings like what's calling to you what's calling your attention how can you step forward into that and it's not going to be perfect it's not going to be polished and um it just needs to be your best like just do what's your best now like show up with that and it'll lead you somewhere and then you'll get better and then you know that's kind of how it unfolds because i think um I think about all the the times that I have let my perfectionism take over and how many missed opportunities I've probably had just because I wasn't willing to just do it. I was waiting for the perfect moment or I was waiting for like better design or figuring out the exact like perfect logistics or whatever. And then you see less qualified people doing the thing that you wanted to do, but you just didn't believe in yourself enough. And that just killed my spirit. And I want other people to not have as many of those moments that I've had because the stuff that I feel like the best about in my life has just been stuff that I've been like, all right, it's okay. Like, just do it. It's not going to be perfect. And um, there's going to be a lot of, you know, back and forth and missteps, but it all ends up being where it's supposed to be yeah and this is such an important message to share and share again and again and again really as creative um beings um as we are i think um we often get stuck on this on perfectionism and um well it's so hard not to in this digital age where we're getting a view into like are the people that we aspire to be. We get a look into our competitors, quote unquote, if there are any in your industry or like people that you just put up on pedestals. We not only see their like highlight reel, but we're seeing what they're doing on a day-to-day basis. And we can get so caught up in 
whether it's comparison or whether it's just like fear of it not being good enough. I mean, whatever that that underlying issue is, we all have it. And it's easy to say like, just don't, you know, none of us, you don't have to have that. Just keep trucking forward. But I think it's more powerful to acknowledge that we all have it somewhere in our brain and to do the work to address it and say, why, you know, why am I triggered by this? Why um, do I think I can't do it? Like really get to the root of that and then move forward with confidence because we all have something to offer this world. Yeah. And I, I think especially like nowadays with the lockdown, with the with the COVID-19, people uh, are kind of more willing to let go of that perfectionism and people are connecting to people who are more true and authentic and real, right? Yeah, honesty is, is magnetic. You know, I think I think um, social media has given us an opportunity to kind of put our best foot forward, which is beautiful. And it gives us a space to really push creativity and do a lot of different things that we don't have another way to do that. Like there's nothing that's so in real time. And um, it's a cool way to share a portfolio, if you will. But especially in this time where like, we as humanity have been stripped of a lot of things, right? And it's down to this, like you said, real reality. Like we want to know how people, other people across the world are managing, thriving, living. And we don't want it through a veil of like this, you know, they put up cameras and lights and this, like, a perfect example of this is I was watching one of those um, international concerts that all these like famous artists come on the television and um, are singing to the world. And I was watching multiple people that just kind of set up a phone and they're just playing their music and they're so in the moment. And, you know, I'm in tears. That's just who I am as a person. I'm like, this is so beautiful. Like, this is just, we all feel so together. And then I forget which artist it was. And I probably wouldn't say it if I remembered anyways, but they came on and they had like all these, you know, ring lights that they're glowing and they have like perfect makeup on and they clearly have spent hours on their hair and they're wearing this, you know, tight dress and they have like all this audio equipment and she's wearing headphones and the whole thing felt so not of the moment. Like you're so talented. You're one of the most talented people in the world. And you had to put all of those things in between us and your music. You couldn't just like show up and just sing a beautiful little melody and just share your heart. And to me, that that struck a chord because we all do it. I'm not pointing fingers at just them. It's all of us. Like we feel we have to put on all these layers and all these masks to show up when what we crave as humans, what we crave as business owners, what we crave as souls is just raw human connection, knowing knowing somebody, deeply, deeply knowing somebody and seeing somebody. So I think that's what the world collectively is craving and what they're going to want moving forward. Hmm. Yeah, that, that is so beautiful. And I have to say, um, when I was originally planning to launch this podcast at the, um, in April and we were scheduling the, this recording for March already, um, and then the COVID-19 uh, obviously 
came and everything started changing and in the first week I I felt that anxiety obviously what's happening you know the school closed so um, suddenly it was just such a massive change so I felt like for the week like a bit anxious and also all the other guests I was inviting onto the show they suddenly had completely different priorities so I put the podcast on a hold but then you were the one who actually sent really beautiful simple and encouraging message um there's so many ears to listen to positive and inspiring messages these days so after kind of couple of weeks i you know took the the next breath and um, and the courage to be honest because i thought i'm just gonna do it do it we need it we need these these important stories and i think all these messages we're sharing and all these beautiful women, including yourself, I've got on the show, the messages uh, and the stories and the transformational you know, stories and journeys are so much bigger than any virus or anything else. And yeah, it's the human spirit. You're so welcome. I'm so glad I sent that email. And I, I want to encourage anyone who's listening that um, no matter no matter when you try to launch something, no matter when you try to share something with the world, like timing probably will never feel perfect. Mm. And I respect so much how you did take a pause because I also did the same um, with everything in our life, right? So many of us were scrambling and re-examining life practices and people have their kids home and they're trying to now work remotely and figure out how to get food. I mean, there was literally so much that like shook in our worlds. So for you to have the emotional maturity and the respect of others to be like, all right, let's all pause. You figure your stuff out. I'll figure mine out. Um, But then saying, hey, I think our stories are bigger than this. And I think this is a really important time. I think that's beautiful because to me, something that I've noticed through this time um, is how important collective stories are. Like when I, I don't watch the news very often, but when I turn on anything that's on um, mainstream media, a lot of it seems really negative, right? And so we can get into this headspace of fear and worry and so sucked into it. And so for me, who I'm attracting into my life are not people that are completely like disconnected from the reality of this world, but it's the people who can see beauty and darkness, the people who can really still try, like still go along. They're not completely stopped by this. They're not um, allowing it to take over their lives, but they are finding ways that they can help the greater community whether it's their stories, whether it's funding money, whether it's, you know, giving time or, you know, their, their gifts into the world, but the people who have just adapted quickly and moved forward to me, that is the ultimate hero story. Yeah. Yeah. That's so beautiful. Um, like going back to your story, we took a bit of a detour, but based on the list of all your business roles as a photographer and educator and marketing strategies and environmental advocate, yeah, how do you manage to bring all your multiple talents and passions together and juggle it all? Oh man, well, I think a lot of us are much more like hyphenated titles than we give ourselves credit for. Um, 
So I think we're all managing, we're all trying to do it. Um, how do I do it? I just, we just do it. You know, you just, you find what you really love to do and you pursue it. And for me, it's, it tends to be in a few different buckets, but, um, they all have through lines and it's taken me, like we said, it's like the breadcrumbs, like you find what's really calling or what's really pulling at you. And, um, and you find a way that they're all connected because I don't know, I feel like you don't want to offer, you shouldn't, every single hobby that you have in the world should not be like your business offerings, right? Like you don't have 40 things that you offer into the world because that causes complete and utter confusion of like who you are, who you serve, what you do. But at the same time, I um, have really struggled with the idea that we can only do one thing. Like you are a photographer and that's all that you do. Um, for me, that's just not really true. Um, I think first and foremost, I'm an artist and it takes a bunch of different, you know, forms and there's stuff that I do just for me and a lot of things that I do just in our household. Um, but it's kind of artist forward. So, um, even when I'm advising or working, you know, in business mentorship, there's definitely an element of artistry and, um, there's a lot of through lines, like I said, and the same thing with environmental, uh, you know, activism that came on way later in my career. And, um, it could have been really easy for me just to do, to take action personally. Like that would have been really, well, not easy, but I could have just left it in that pocket. But to me, I just knew that businesses and also like my many connections with different people all across the world, that was so much bigger of an impact like positive impact on the world than just me making personal like changes in our own household. I just thought about what the ripple effect could be if I did bring it to the forefront and really did use my voice um, to spread that message larger. So it, they're all very connected. Um, and we can dive into that deeper if you want on how they're connected. But I think just finding your through lines and really honoring your soul and what you want to put out into the world, but also being mindful of the people, your clients, like who you're serving, how do you not confuse them? And how do you really simplify your message? Mm. Yeah, you can't, you're kind of uh, answering already my uh, next question when I wanted to ask you how um, you manage to kind of integrate all your passions and creative ideas uh, and yet keep your lives and businesses simple and sustainable because um, lots of uh, marketing and business coaches, obviously always, um, or most of them, they advise you to pick and choose just one path or niche to stand out. You know, it doesn't work for lots of people, including yourself and myself and lots of uh, guests I have on my podcast. It's pretty much the same story. So, yeah. well, I think that's so one dimensional. Yeah. Do you have any kind of practical advice for, especially for women and creative women specifically, how you manage to successfully kind of combine it? Do you, do you have some? Um... Absolutely. Yeah. I think, um, so one of the things that I think 
really helps us know that we're not alone in this is that's like I said, it's very one dimensional too. And especially with women, I don't love people telling women to fit in a box. So if you don't fit in a box, most of us don't, you're not alone. Um, we all have many facets to us and I would say avoid being scatterbrained and avoid seeming scatterbrained by taking a lot of time for self-reflection and really figuring out what is a hobby because we need hobbies like we as artists we as creative people and I think just anyone in the world if you don't identify with being creative which I'm sure you probably are but we all need hobbies that we can let our brains go and it's not for anyone else and it's not for to make money it's not for anything else besides just to let our brains and our creativity and our breath to be free so allow yourself hobbies and then identify what you actually want to put out into the world and by really being self-critical there and drawing that line it's going to give you a lot of freedom um we all love like, I mean, not everybody, but for example, in my life, like I love painting and I love uh, photography and I love maybe to get into like ceramics one day. And um, I like interior design and I like to do yoga and like, there's a million things I like to do, but imagine if I tried to offer all of those things out into the world, a, I would need a lot of different certifications and like strange things that I don't have time or, or resources for but be like that can be amazing that your clients can connect with you like oh I also do yoga or whatever that thing is they can connect with you by like maybe your kindred spirits but you don't need to offer all of those things so the practical advice would be to maybe write down like these are my things these are the things I love in life that I want to do more of in life and then figure out what of those fit in the bucket of this is what I'm going to professionally offer out into the world. And then these are the things that nourish my soul. These are the things I need to make time and space for in my days, but that I'm not going to do for anybody else. And I'm not saying that's forever. Like say 10, 10 years from now, like we were talking, my life purpose is to be a ceramic artist. I don't know. <laughs> I'm not saying you have to like limit yourself. Um, for what you can like develop into or become. But right now, like really be honest with yourself. And if it's a couple of things, that's totally fine. But like how, like I said, how are those through lines connecting all of them? Um, for us, like the brand photography really supports and uplifts a marketing strategy. So marketing strategy is what I've done for years and years and years. And it's something I'm so passionate about. And it's phenomenal to work with small business owners. And one of the largest problems they have is having a beautiful, consistent, you know, bulk of content, whether that's, you know, photography, videography, whatever. And so through my uh, consulting or coaching, I definitely want to give them ways that they themselves can create that or find somebody local to them. But if they're local to me or if they don't need to be in the images, we're happy to offer that to them. So that's kind of where that started. I don't do wedding photography. I don't do uh, like 
random portraits. Like I don't do all of these different types of photography. I do, and Aaron with me does brand photography to serve that already existing client base. So that's the through line with that. And the environmental advocacy, I say that more as like a, that's who I am as a person and as a business, that's what we do. But that kind of tells the, that kind of dictates our practices. So when we do the photography, we are creating as little waste as possible. We are offsetting our flights. Like we're very mindful as a business. So it's like they all have through lines on what that looks like, you know, client facing, if you will. Does that help? Yeah. Yeah, to- totally. Um, and as you said, you know, if uh, you had um, all these hobbies and turn them into businesses, you would also have to have absolutely enormous team of people to support you, right? And you would have no free time, right? Then you would never be able to do those things that you love in the first place. But even with your one business, I can imagine, um, you know, and it's not exception, um, obviously, to all the other businesses. Um, it's always so much going on, even in that one business, because we are like personal brands, we are solopreneurs. And um, is it always easy for you to maintain a healthy work life balance? Uh, do you actually find the time for yourself for self care? Like, do, do you have a team of other people who support you so you can take the time off? And um, maybe then tell me or uh, describe what your typical day looks like? Okay. Um, and I love that you asked me this question now and not like three years ago because of my been <laughs> wildly different. Um, and that sucks to admit, but that's the reality. And I have Aaron to thank a lot for this because he's a really balanced person, if you would ask me. Um, he has a lot of hobbies and he that's his self-care. And so he's really helped me put a microscope onto my life and to see, like I said earlier, how much my self-worth was tied up in my productivity and how I was a complete and still kind of fall into those habits sometimes of being a workaholic. Like when your self-worth is tied into how much you get done, that list never ends. Like I could have 40 things on my to-do list and still feel insufficient because I only did 38 of them. Like that's just ridiculous. Um, in the last couple of years, I really started to see how ridiculous that was. And so something that's really important to me is to have efficiency in our business so that I'm completely inefficient in my normal life. Like I can just have this really slow, like very, like lovely, yummy, slow, relaxed, um, life that requires my attention, like gardening and making food. Like I don't, I don't want an efficient life. Like I don't want delivered meals and home delivery, this and an assistant for that. Like, I don't want any of that. I want slow, intentional living and I want efficient, smart business. I want to, you know, work less, make more, if you will. And it's taken me so long to kind of find what that looks like. And so um, boundaries is huge. That is something that I have had to learn of like when to turn off. Um, 
and disestablishing. And I've talked to clients forever about establishing boundaries specifically with social media and like how much time you're spending online when you're doing that, not allowing it to interfere with your life. But that also kind of, not kind of, it does extend into emails and thinking about work, talking about work. Um, So just establishing those boundaries so that you're not just this work machine. You're not this work monster that has nothing else interesting going on in their lives. It doesn't read books and um, go on walks and have hobbies that you can talk to, you know, others about. Um, so that's kind of my first thought is boundaries. And then from there, um, yeah, we finally brought on a um, online business manager and it was amazing because it's so wonderful to have somebody come into your business that's hasn't been in it before and looks at how many of your processes are not systems that's like what my online business manager specific uh, specializes in is coming in and saying okay how could this be more efficient how could this be more efficient you're wasting time you know in this process so she came on i think a year ago a little bit longer. And it's been amazing. I would love to have another person on the team because it kind of gave me that freedom um, of, of my mind, of my time. And for years I had said, I can never have anyone. This is my business. How could I ever trust anybody? How are they not going to screw something up? And she gave me that total confidence that, um, we can have people in our lives that support us and uplift us. We can trust and we can pour into and we can, you know, encourage and support them. And it's, it's really been a beautiful um, season these last couple of years. Yeah, yeah. And when, when, you, when you let go, it's, it's kind of going back to the perfectionism we were talking exactly. about. It's so hard to let go. And uh, it's, it's just so important, like um, letting go of things that are not, especially like our zone of genius. Exactly what I was going to say. Yes. It's so much space to be more creative and deliver more more values and work with more people and share more greatness with everyone. Yes. That is um, that is just so important. And I've, I've been kind of on the same, same journey and path. I've been learning to let go for many years because I always kind of feel I can do it myself and I do it the best way. And exactly you know, my kind of, um, I don't know, 50% is someone already 150%. (laughs) Yes. And it's hard to find the right people. And I'm just going to say that because I wish someone would have told me that. Um, I feel like a lot of the people that I look up to um, and have in the past have all just said, outsource, outsource. That's like the, you know, the key to life or the key to business. Like, it's so easy, blah, blah, blah. Here's a million resources to find people. And I went through two different um, VAs because that's what everyone told me. That's where to start. And it, they worked out horribly. It was horrendous. And I took all the precautions of trying to really ask great questions in the interview and find the person and blah, blah, blah. And you know, it's, it's a path that I'm, I don't regret anything because it taught me lessons, but it was really hard. Um, I don't love firing people. That was one of the hardest moments in my career. And honestly, 
why I think I took so long to bring somebody on is because I don't like that. Like I don't want people in my life that I don't want in my life, right? And so if they come in and they're not lovely and wonderful and not an addition, then I have to be the person that lets them go. It's not, it's not lovely. Um, so that was hard, but I finally found someone amazing. And I think that really following your gut, I think I probably knew that the first two were not a great fit. Um, but asking really, really specific questions and there's like resources out there about this on what specific questions to ask. Um, I'm not an expert and I don't know your exact field, but if you're listening and you want to add someone on your team, just know that you can be as thorough as you need. Don't just hire someone immediately. Don't hire somebody off of a referral. Ask like very specific questions for your needs. Get really, really clear on your needs before you bring somebody on. Um, and it can be such a, like a absolute relief. It can be beautiful. It can be this wonderful thing. If you find somebody who really compliments exactly what you need. Hmm. Yeah. And not so behind the scenes part of Elena Lu is your partner. So <laughs> whom you navigate the waters of owning and managing your business now. So what's the best and the hardest thing about working with him as your partner? Oh, that's so hard. Um, I always call him the not so behind the scenes because the the brand name is Alana Lu, and I had that way before he came on to work with me. Um, so I never like we tried to do a separate brand that was both of ours together because that was super important for me. But in the end, it just became so much more complicated of like confusing clients, more, you know, web pages to manage, more emails to manage. It just in the end became much less clarity. And we're all about clarity and simplicity in every element that we can. So now we're back to Alana Lou and he's the best. Um best and worst part of working together. Best is we are very complementary personalities. Um, there's a lot of elements in his persona that I don't have and vice versa. So it's just cool that we can bring different elements into our work and really balance one another as business partners, as life partners. It's just a good balance. So that would be the best part is just having somebody who shares your vision and can kind of like check you, if you will, like he's willing to really ask those hard questions and hold up a mirror for me and vice versa of like, are we really going in the direction that we want? Are we, you know, working towards our highest selves? Um, how can we deepen our work? How can we be better? So that's the best part. The worst part, um, I don't know, is mix like, um, if we disagree with something for work, I hate that it can potentially interact with like our own personal relationship. Um, I mentioned boundaries earlier and I think we've gotten better with that um, through the years of working together, but we're still not perfect. I mean, he, I don't know. There's times he's walking past me right now. You want to give your thoughts, babe? Um, he laughs. Yeah. I think, I think finding like ways to let work go. And that's what we're all working on as people, right? And especially as entrepreneurs is for us, there's no like 
office to close or like, um, you know, brick and mortar store to close and to leave work at work. So we have to work extra hard to prioritize not talking about work to cultivate our own romantic relationship and, you know, have experiences that we share that have absolutely positively nothing to do with work. And it takes time and it takes the dedication from both parties. And I'm really thankful that he sees it as much, if not more than I do. He has a very clear view of how work is playing into our relationship and he communicates that and that's powerful. Um, yeah. And, and knowing this is just, this is total side note, but knowing your partner's love language, if you haven't like researched that or done the test, I highly recommend it. Um, because how we receive love as humans is not all the same. And so the way I receive love is not the way that Aaron receives love. And so when you know what your partners are, and you might know it inherently, like whether it's quality time or words of affirmation or physical touch or whatever that is, we tend to love people the way we want to be loved. And that might not be the way that they receive love. And so I say that because... Um, one of Aaron's top ones is quality time. So that's, you know, me making the conscious choice to not be on my phone for us not to be watching something on television or um, running an errand, thinking about the to-do list, like his is undivided quality time. So that's us in the ocean. That's us doing something together. That's, you know, really spending uninterrupted time together. Um, and so I know that we're going to be out of balance if I'm really stressed out with work and that's all I'm talking about. Like we're on a date and I'm like, so that project that we have to get done by, no, like that's not helpful. That's not conducive to a, a healthy relationship. So just honoring those. It's really the intention to be present, being present. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Um, and what is actually his role in in uh, in your business? Is he on the creative part or a bit more of the kind of behind the scene, like management and stuff? Both. So um, initially he came on and he's worked in business development for the last 10 years. And he left his job because it was so wildly stressful. Um, if anyone's ever heard me talk before about this, um, they know the story of him working, you know, 80 to 90 hours a week. And it was just like absolute insanity. Anyways, so he left his job and came on to work with me. And it started out as like him being like, what is going on with your business management behind the scenes? Like you're not doing any of this correctly. You're serving your clients really well, but you're like undercharging. What are you doing with your books? Like why don't you have a client management, you know, system? Like he just came on completely from the business analytic, like analytical side and helped me. Um, which is funny because I tend to be a really, like I said, a very right brain person. I'm really organized. Um, but I was starting out in a career and I had studied marketing. I didn't study, you know, business and he taught me a lot of wonderful lessons and, you know, just made me aware of things. And now I've done, you know, even more research and 
taking time to find things that make our business more efficient. Um, but now he's this like creative powerhouse. Like he didn't even do photography when we met. And now he is one of the most talented humans that I've ever come into contact with. Um, he's, he loves shooting nature and landscape and like, you know, more adventurous, like action, you know, surf, that kind of stuff. And he's just so, so talented. Hmm. That, that sounds amazing. So you, you, you never know where the purpose is, is it? Do you? <laughs> no. And if you, I think if you would have told him, like I said, if you would have told me my life would be what it is now, I wouldn't believe you. I guarantee if you would have told him what his life was going to look like, he would have been like, you're an alien. You're lying. I have no idea. Cause I think about that all the time. Um, he moved away from where he grew up really young and I think a lot of him um, still kind of replays those stories of like who he was growing up and like it as an identity. And so his entire adult life is very different than like his rambunctious childhood. And he's really built this beautiful career, you know, before he came to work with me, it was a really great trajectory. And then once he quit that and started doing this more creative thing, it's it's just the coolest story in my personal opinion obviously i'm i'm his number one fan but anyone from the outside perspective i think can find themselves in that story and it's like a redemption story of just really turning your life around and doing something different and just ah it's just so cool and so i think he and i were on a walk the other day and i was just talking to him about how people from his childhood, like what they would think about him now. And he was just, he was, he's like a quiet dude. And so he sat for a while and was like, I don't know. If you would have told me when I was a kid that this is how it was going to be, I would have never believed you. So I think they probably think it's weird. (laughs) (laughs) That is incredible. I just love, absolutely love hearing all these transformational stories, how people move from you know completely different background and just follow yeah if there was a title to our book right like if I had a coffee table book of our life it would be transformation yeah absolutely and it's obvious uh, to me uh, that for both of you your connection with nature and slow organic lifestyle which is present in all your photography and videos and all you do seems like a dream that lots of people aspire to So what's your recipe to introduce more simplicity and sustainability into our lives that honors our natural roots? Mm, I love that. Um, Immerse yourself more in nature. Um, If I could try to root my story back to like where all this change happened, I would think it would be spending more time in nature. Um, I'm originally from Utah and I hiked and camped and stuff a bunch when I was growing up, but I would say more so my story was defined by like being a suburban kid. Like I grew up very detached from nature. There was very small trees in our like, you know, planned neighborhood. And I just wasn't really... I was like an indoor kid kind of, you know, I was raised by a single mom 
and I was an only child and she was getting her doctorate um, for a really big portion of my childhood. And I don't know, I just feel like I wasn't raised a nature kid. Like I, I loved nature. I loved flowers. I loved trees. I loved being at the park or whatever, but I wasn't like a camping kid or like a wilderness kid or just run out in the forest kind of kid. And, and as I got older, I had friends who were hikers or friends that like, like to go, you know, on long camping trips or whatever. And so I started doing that more. And then, um, when Aaron and I got together, we started, you know, forming our relationship around a lot of the same hobbies that we shared. And a lot of that had to do with nature. And then we moved to Hawaii. And just even when we started traveling more and a lot of the places that we were going and a lot of the experiences we were having were out in nature. And I think I just started developing this really deep admiration and love for the ocean and for being out in natural spaces and just for the soft noises that you hear and just that like feeling of coming home. And so I think... I mean, there's earth under under the concrete, right? Like, I think when we live in cities um, or suburbs or anywhere that we're not just like engulfed in nature, it's really easy to forget that we are nature. Like, we're made of the same, the same cells, the same atoms, the same whatever you want to call it, the same energy that the trees and the animals and the the mountains. Like, we're all from this, and so by spending more time in nature, I think it's really a lot easier to want to develop habits and practices in our daily lives. That's much more conducive and honoring of, of that ecosystem that we belong to. Um, and I have more like practical, you know, steps and things to take on my blog, on my social, like you'll find all of those practical, practical things but I think that it starts from really being out in it and not seeing it as like this thing. Like I, one of the terms I hate is the environment, like the planet, like it's something. No, like it's our environment. It's our planet. Like we live here. <laughs> We're part of it. No, it's not it and us. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I was going to ask you, apart from what you just said, nature, which is just the most simple and um, easiest thing to do for us to just step out into a park or forest or to the river or ocean. Yeah, go to the most like natural wild place that you can find near you. And don't just do it once. And don't go and just like take photographs, like sit in it, like sift through the sand, like dive in the ocean, like really feel those like visceral feelings that come from being fully free and wild in nature. Yeah. So you mentioned that you've got some more practical tips and maybe action steps on your website. Um, I think I found on your website uh, a checklist or is it like sustainability guide or something like that people can download? Yeah, on our sustainability page, so alanalu.com slash sustainability, um, there's a lot of concepts on that page and a lot of places to start. And I think that's something that people 
Like if you're curious of how to create a more positive impact on this world versus a negative one, you're already like on your way. And I love you. And thank you. Um, We all get caught up on where do we start? Like what's actually going to have a practical impact right now? That's not going to cost me a bunch of money or like take all of the time in my life. And there are so many little things that we can do. Um, and my whole intention was to create a checklist that's step-by-step, very low, you know, it's not going to take all your time and, um, it gives you really clear guidance. So I would start there for sure. Okay. I'm going to leave uh, the link in the show notes for this episode so people can find it. Um, and I have to admit that when I came across your Instagram account sometimes last year, as I said, you helped me remind myself of my own roots and the basics Aww. and ways that uh, we used to live like during my childhood when I was little we were growing our own food and we, uh, we were cooking and baking and sewing and using reusable bags being resourceful and that was part of my childhood and it was just you know like a just normal thing to do <laughs> obviously then everything changed like everything got more global and all the supermarkets and everything i mean i grew up in communist czechoslovakia so we wow. had very limited obviously resources so we had to be resourceful yes. <laughs> and, um, but so what what do you think it is to make people forget about these basic and simple things that you know you don't have to go out of your way to just you know, buy maybe a bamboo toothbrush instead of plastic one? Uh, is it lack of time or comfort or is it general ignorance? What is it? Oh, okay, well, this is it. I love that you asked this, first of all. And I want to know when, like, was there just a year or a point in like, all of a sudden that everything changed? Like, I think about this all the time, because none of us can like pinpoint it but all of a sudden life is like so wildly different and I know the internet obviously and when the internet like went to smartphones I feel like that was a really huge part of it when you know the infancy of Amazon and like starting to bring everything everywhere but what you said about food as well like when did all of our food come from every different country like when did this all happen it feels like so much was going on like behind closed doors that we as the American public like just didn't or I mean the global public just didn't think about any of it and then all of a sudden life's like different I don't know anyways um my mom and I talk about this actually a lot because she's um 43 years older than I am and so she grew up in a very very different time and why I bring this up is her perspective is inspiring and interesting to me because she says that when, for example, plastics, um, but also just the globalization of food and all that kind of stuff was seen as technology. It was seen as like this innovative thing. And so now that we're seeing the repercussions and the problem with all, you know, all of the above, we now see it as this like radical, um, you know, action of activism, if you will, to like bring our own bags or to like shop small or to do all these things. Like it feels radical when it shouldn't at all. It's 
just the conscious way to live. Like if, if we have a finite amount of resources, we should be mindful of those finite amount of resources. And I think that we've just gotten so far away from seeing it as like, we are, again, we are a part of this planet and we are all dependent on one another and we should not create more waste than we have to. And we shouldn't be, you know, flying things here, there and everywhere when we have so many resources right next to us. Like, it's just a, I think it's a consciousness thing, but why we got to where we are now, I think it, I think it was seen as like a good thing in the beginning, like mainstream media was pointing, putting it out, like, look how convenient this is. Why would you want to do it the old way when you can do it the simple way? Like it was, it was seen as the, the new best way to live. And it's not. Yeah. And do do you think that the way we've all been living for the several past decades has become really crazy? And do you feel that especially now due to the coronavirus pandemic, people are finally waking up and moving over to living more light or running their businesses more responsibly? I yeah, I think do I think it's crazy? Yes. I think that we have gotten to the place where you can Amazon Prime something, you can have your food delivered to you at any hour, you can click one button and it's instant gratification. Like that is so wild to me. And I'm sure that you relate to this. If you were raised in communism, obviously that's one extreme, but we're on this other extreme of there is no regulation to how much we buy, we can get into million, I mean, thousands of dollars of debt from buying stuff we don't need. We shop, 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 consume, 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 throw away food, throw away containers. We're in this like breakneck pace society. And I, for one, I'm tired. And I think a lot of people are tired. And whether it's this virus, whether it's just the really hard work of a lot of environmentalists over the past couple of decades, I don't know what it is, but I think that there is absolutely a raise in consciousness. Um, I think that there's absolute movement, but I also get disheartened because for every 10 people I see that are doing something amazing, I see people that still don't care that are just so disconnected using single use plastics, flying stuff from every other country, never supporting local shopping at these giant conglomerations, investing money into really dirty, you know, corporations. And that's hard. And so I want to give you the message of hope. And I think that that's the underlying message, but I still think we have a far way to go. I think I think that a lot of people are finding hope that so much of nature is being restored during this time that we're all in shelter in place. But something that I pointed out earlier this month was that while we're all looking one way behind us all this stuff is happening. You know, the EPA is repealing all of these laws on air quality and air pollution um you know plastic bag bans are being repealed all this stuff is kind of happening 
out of quote unquote, there's like a much more important thing that we're all focusing our energy on, which yes, I'm sensitive to that. Absolutely. But I also know how government and large corporation works and they will find any sort of crack and open it. And so they're making, you know, billions worth of dollars from all of us, you know, being fearful and wanting to follow precautions. And so I would just say, be aware. And if you're even, you know, somewhat aware of what's going on with, you know, plastic pollution in our oceans, our coral reefs, you know, dying, what's going on with climate change. I mean, there's a very large list of environmental crises that are needing our attention right now. So if you're listening to this and you have even a small baseline of understanding, I would say dive into it deeper. Find there's whether it's through me or whether it's through anyone else, find credible, reliable information and educate yourself because we can all take action in a beautiful, real, honest way right now versus waiting until this, you know, this, these crises are way bigger than this virus is. Like, it's crazy how this is going to unfold if we all don't take action. Yeah, yeah. And I love that you go even further uh, from just kind of general awareness. And your business recently received climate neutral certification. So what exactly does that mean? Um, what practices do you have to follow to hold this certification, especially since you love life on the road and have to travel quite a bit in your business or have done in the past anyway? So for example, do you have to com uh, commit to flying less now or offset the, the flights? Yes, absolutely. I love that you brought this up. Um, so climate neutral certification. Congratulations, by the way. <laughs> Thank you. Um, we're so excited. Um, and this all started from, like I said, last year, I started really analyzing what success meant to me. And then we did it you know, together as what does success mean to us. And that started taking on a different form of, yes, revenue is great. And we want to make sure that we have, you know, the funds to sustain a lifestyle and to build, you know, a legacy for hopefully, you know, our children someday. And that's, you know, important to us, but it's also important that we're measuring our success in impact and personal responsibility and, um, you know, seeing it through that lens. So we started looking, you know, around to our peers and people that we respect and admire. And one of the um, opportunities that was arising was to join the first 100 brands to certify through this new certification um, to be climate neutral. And that another word for that is also carbon neutral. So this was super inspiring to me because some of these brands are, I mean, most of them are much, much larger than we are. And they are, um, a lot of them are product-based versus service-based. So there's a lot of carbon being emitted from like shipping their goods or running their um, like manufacturing facilities or their offices or that kind of thing. So a lot of them are doing way more of the heavy lifting than we are by reducing their emissions and then offsetting what they create. But like you said, I mean, flying is one of the dirtiest acts that we do to contribute to climate change as individuals and as business owners. And so 
something I love that we're all learning through this, you know, season of, you know, COVID-19, and I think it'll carry on after this is how much of us can be doing work remotely. And I'm all for, you know, company culture and being around people. I'm not saying that everybody in the world has to be remote, but like how many of these meetings can we take from Zoom or from, you know, whatever platform we're using? Like we don't need to be flying for, and I, and I, I grew up totally seeing this where business men and women would get on a flight, go meet somebody for two hours and then hop on a flight back home. Like how, how is that serving anybody? Um, not only for us as business people, like, do we really, that, how good is that for us to have that kind of crazy schedule? Um, how much more living could we do in our days if we weren't spending time doing this commuting? Um, so anyways, that's just one of those things. And for the, uh, the certification, we had to measure all of our um, emissions from 2019 and then create a reduction plan. And so all of the brands getting certified had to do this. And a lot of people are probably much more complex than ours. But we dedicated to fly less and to offset all of our um, flights, both personal and professional. And um, we had to go through and analyze all the different elements of our business. So where do we get um, power for us? We're, we're on solar. So that was a big part that you know we're contributing and other people are dedicating to take their offices, solar, um, just really cool things like that. But um, it's analyzing what we're doing to create carbon and then finding solutions to reduce that. And then what we can't reduce, we offset. And so when you offset your carbon, whether that's personally or professionally, um, you are contributing money to these different projects. They have a bunch of different ones all over the world. And some of them are really like interesting and not what you would think. Um, some of them obviously are like planting trees. It's one of the most common um, carbon offsetting programs in the world. But some of them are changing and providing cook stoves um, to third world countries. In a lot of third world countries, they burn a fire uh, 24 hours a day um, all year long to cook their food or to warm their homes. And by going to like an energy efficient cook stove, it takes out so much um you know, of what they're emitting. So that's like an interesting one. There's ones to do with like removing appliances like um, air conditioners or refrigerators or whatever from landfill. There's just so many. I'm, I'll stop. Obviously, I'm a geek and this is like stuff that I find super interesting. But, um, but yeah, you're just working with people all across the world who are dedicating their lives to contributing positive things um, into our atmosphere versus, you know, emitting carbon. So they're finding solutions and we get to invest in them as businesses. And to me, it's just taking responsibility and regenerating the earth that we so often just take from. Like we take all these resources, we make all these things, we ship them all around the world. And then how often are we actually pouring something back in to the place that we take from? 
Yeah. And we also take uh, the planet for granted that there are unlimited resources and then we can just, you know, grab it in abundance. <laughs> sure. And in so many ways, you know, I believe in that. Like I, you think about a garden and how that can, you can reap and sow and reap and sow, but so much that requires your energy and your participation of putting back what you take. Yeah, it's it's about reinventing ourselves um, as individuals and communities as well. And um, like 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 you said, like um, the the flying is uh, one of the dirtiest um, kind of thing we can do. Yeah. Uh, we personally live in southwest London near Heathrow, and with uh, what's going on now with the lockdown, I notice. Uh, just a few airplanes flying over our head. So it's not only the carbon pollution, but also like the noise pollution. Otherwise, you know, there's just plane like every minute flying over our heads. Yeah, we live close to the airport too. And it's insane. Like yesterday, we were watching sunset and I saw one plane take off and I like, you know, nudged Aaron. I'm like, look, a plane. And he's laughing because we usually see plane after plane after plane because everyone comes to Hawaii. And um, it's, it's just, it's wild. It's, it's um, in a way it's, it's sad, you know, cause I do, I do love how many experiences we've had and how much I've learned about this world through travel. Um, it's humbled me. It has opened my eyes. Um, but I think the same idea, we got really kind of out of hand with it. We are surface level travelers. We are tourists through and through right as a society we go we take we leave and i hope maybe through this we kind of analyze whether it's for business or for personal how can we um be more mindful and whether it's traveling less offsetting our flights um investing in communities when we're in a new place learning about you know their customs and their culture and honoring that um I don't know exactly what forms it will take, but I just hope it's something beautiful. Yeah. And uh, you talked about your travels now again. Uh, and from all the beautiful photographs and videos and the messages you share on your Instagram feed, um, you seem to me as a person who prefers collecting memories and experiences instead of material things. So tell mm. me been your most memorable one so far in your life in your business and traveling the world oh just, oh I love it it's just like hits you deep um I am absolutely somebody who collects memories over materials uh, there's been many many trips that we come home with not a single thing new um but we have a lot of photographs and a lot of stories to tell and I think that's what's going to make me the happiest when I'm old. Um, some of my favorite memories, I think, would have been made in Maine. Um, that's where Aaron's from and his whole family is. And when I like, I think about it, it's not really big because that's a huge place that I cultivated a love for the ocean and um, just really being out in nature. And I, I love it there so much. And it's a second home to me, but we also have loved our time in um, New Zealand. Um, that was amazing. We spent a month there and 
just travel all around. And again, it's just any place that really has such a special hold on my heart is it's places that I spend a lot of time in nature and that I'm just seeing, you know, a variety of coastlines and textures and meeting really incredible people. And yeah, I don't know. To me, something I've said in the past um, and something I think about all the time is my favorite view in the world is sunlight rippling on like the waves on the surface of water. Because to me, that's home and I could be anywhere in the world. And I just love, sim- I love simplicity. I love places that just sink into your heart so deep. And it's not just one place. It's not just, here's my favorite destination. You know, you should go there. It's more a feeling. And I think we all get that in different places. Mm. That is so beautiful. But before I let you go, I asked yeah. all my podcast guests this last question. Do you have a favorite mantra or affirmation you live by that keeps you motivated and inspired on your journey towards your dreams? Ooh, there's something that that I read recently that's really stuck with me. Um, let me see if I can remember it right. I think it's most humans are never fully present in the now because unconsciously we believe that the next moment must be more important than this one. But the fact is, is that we miss our whole lives which is never not now. Like, I don't know if that makes sense, but our whole life is now. <laughs> we, we never live like, yeah, I don't know if that makes sense or not. But to me, that, that means quit hoping and wishing that things are going to get better and work on them right now. Um, don't, yeah, don't wait for something because it's now. <laughs> um, there's something so beautiful in that. And then the other thing that always is in the front of my mind um, and has been for years is be as you wish to seem. Uh-huh. That's beautiful. So um, finally, would you mind, before we say goodbyes, would you mind sharing one more time where can people download um, that sustainability starter checklist that you mentioned earlier? Yes. And also how they can find and connect with you online and on social media. Absolutely. Yes. Um, come connect with me on Instagram. Um, my handle is at Alana Lou, E-L-A-N-A-L-O-O, um, alanalou.com. And then where you can find that checklist is alanalou.com slash sustainability. Awesome. As I said, I'm going to leave the links in the podcast notes and i think this is goodbye now this was so thank you so much this is beautiful i loved all the questions that you asked um that was just so different than anything i've done before and i really hope that um everyone listening gets something from this leave what or take what serves you and leave what doesn't but i really hope that it um helps in some way yeah i I honestly love to thank you from the bottom of my heart for taking time to share not only your personal story of course but taking us behind the scene of your business and most importantly 
empowering us all to make better decisions and become better versions of ourselves. So thank you again. It's my honor. Thank you. Well, I hope you enjoy this episode of She Dares to Dream podcast. If you loved it as much as I did, make sure to rate and subscribe to the podcast so you never miss an episode. Then head over to the show notes for all the links and information on my guest this week. You can check it out at michaelaoleksova.com forward slash podcast. And while you're there, don't forget to download my free manifestation guide that shows you how to create a business and life of your dreams. I can't wait for you to tune in next time. And until then, have an awesome week.